so that was tough. So the first thing I learned was when I said, all right, I'm done. I think I said I was done about three times. My parents and people just go be like, no. So when I was done, I told no one. I was like, I'm done. Not telling anyone. Got my contract out. I remember reading through it and it told you everything, like what to do if, I don't know, like a bomb went off or if, you know, you were stranded in a different, but different country. But it didn't tell you what to do if you didn't want to do your job anymore. Literally, there was no paragraph about how to quit. So I was like, how the hell do I quit this job? Hello, my fellow doctors. Today we tackle a very, very common and simple question about leaving medicine. As in, how do you actually quit medicine? How do you leave? What does that actually involve? Yeah, because not many of us kind of go down the quitting route in our career and our life. And obviously, it's a huge, huge step to actually put your hat in the ring and say no more. I'll be moving on. Thank you very much. So today we've got a fantastic interview with Loretta Ayana. So she left medicine a few years back, working as a junior doctor in Chelsea, Westminster, and decided that she wanted to move on. And the interesting thing about her story was the actual process of quitting and what she chose to do moving on from medicine. So her choices were not conventional like many doctors who choose to leave medicine and usually go into something healthcare related. It was uh, quite interesting, quite diverse and really, at least, at least initially, focused on the art sector. So fashion, journalism, producing. Yeah, so it's a really fascinating interview. And I'm also joined by Dr. Ola Abbas, who is one of our newest doctor team members at Medic Footprints. And she gives some of her insights into this episode as a doctor and the quitting process. But before we start on this episode, I would love to invite you to make sure you subscribe to Medic Footprints at medicfootprints.org forward slash join our mission. And if this is one of several podcasts you've listened to in Disrupting Doctors' Careers, don't forget to leave a glowing review on the platform that you're using of your choice. This helps us to spread our mission and message to as many doctors as possible. And finally, enjoy the episode, reflect, and I'll speak to you soon. Let's face it, burnout amongst doctors is sky high and we're actively seeking other ways to make the most of our transferable skills beyond the usual career pathways. Welcome to Disrupting Doctors' Careers. I'm your host, Dr. Abena Bubbs-Jones, and I'm on a mission to connect one million doctors across the world with the best in diverse career opportunities. So today, there is three of us. This is the first time there is three on a podcast. 
very cozy, very welcome, all women, all doctors. Uh, this is what it's all about. So um, welcome. So we today we have Loretta Iona, who is the main star of today's discussion, which is how do I leave medicine? So I wasn't actually going to, we don't usually read out the bio, but I am going to read out her bio. She wrote it, but it's actually really good. And we'll kind of draw you into like what she's all about and what we're going to focus on. So she is a doctor turned content strategist, health tech consultant and wellness entrepreneur all really sexy things and really fascinating. So having completed medicine at uh, UCL and working as a junior doctor at Chelsea Westminster, she left clinical practice to explore her options. So that is the bit of the story that we're going to focus on. But you may also be aware that she has a lot of amazing badges of honour. Honour? Oh my God, Loretta, I honour. Oh no, that wasn't intentional. <laughs> that wasn't intentional. <laughs> But basically, you know, she's worked um, in as a journalist for international news channels, including the BBC, CNN, several digital wellness and self-development businesses, and most recently leading on content strategy and medical accuracy at health tech startups, um, including Healthily and Flow Health. And she's just gotten back from Bali. I had to add that bit because that's what we've been talking about for the last 15 minutes. <laughs> So welcome, welcome, Loretta. Thank you so much for joining us. And I also wanted to introduce Ola Abbas, who is has joined our team as uh, the founder's associate for Medic Footprints. And her background is intensive care consultant, and she's got a very strong commercial and mentorship background around doctors and travel as well. So Welcome both. And let's get started on the how do you leave medicine? Well, how do I leave medicine? Uh, so we always start, I always start with the question, like, why did you go into medicine in the first place, Loretta? Yeah, good question. First of all, thank you for having me. I want to say You're welcome. It's always nice to be asked to do these things. Um, second thing is, I really like, I don't say this often, I really like how they approach medical education in the US, that you can't go to med school unless you've done another degree. I don't think you're grown up enough at 18 to decide if you want to, what you really want to commit yourself to. Um, because medicine is a vocation. Someone like me, I didn't have a vocation. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I always sound like I'm bragging when I say this. I was good at school. Like I was good at exams. It sounds stupid. I was like, tell me what to learn. I'll learn it. And I regurgitate it. And I was that person who would get 100% on their exams. And I remember doing my A-levels. And again, I sound like I'm bragging. I don't mean to. But I was like, I got letters saying, you've got the highest score in the whole country. Here's no, I was that person. So it was like, pick something. So everyone said, be a doctor. You're so clever. And I come from a family of doctors as well. It was just the path of least assistant. I didn't know what, what, what I wanted to do. And everyone was telling me to do this. So I went and I did it. I think I can echo that in the sense that, you know, there's always that what's called link between if you're academically very bright and you're passing all your exams, be a doctor or a lawyer. You know, that, that was that was a natural thing. Right. And that's that is changing. That C is changing. Um, but that was seriously the only reason why you chose medicine and also yeah. the influence from your family as well. Yeah. And yeah, it's that external validation thing. When everyone's saying you're great and you're great because you are good at this stuff, then I think when you're 16, so because if you remember when you apply for UCAS, yeah, you're 16, so you just, you, and I try going on a tangent, I got appendicitis just before my UCAS applications went in. I remember that. And I was literally like, 
whatever and I just like put whatever in and just shove it because I've got bigger fish to fry so that was another thing that I did have time to sit and really think I had family saying do it I had teachers saying do it I didn't know what else I wanted to do so I was like let's do it <laughs> Ola, how old were you when you decided to go into medicine 18 four. And how old were you when you started uh started medicine yeah the, yeah. the undergrad Oh, so when you decided to go and when you actually started. Ah, so I did not decide to go to medicine, but it was very heavy family influence. And the fact that, well, you've got the grades for it. um, You should just go and do it. I really wanted to become um, a dentist at that time. Um, And I was like fighting tooth and nail. I really wanted to go into dentistry, but, you know, Things were stronger than me, culture at that time and family influence and all of it. And, you know, you get that guilt tripping as well, because like you've got the grades for it. If you had less like, you know, the people that are going into dentistry don't have your grades. And a lot of my friends who wanted to go into medicine were just looking at me and going like, are you crazy? This is our dream. And you actually get to go to medical school and you don't want it. And there's just a lot of that dynamic going on. And so, yeah, at the ripe age of 18, when I did not want to go to medical school, I went to medical school. No, I mean, that's that's really interesting because I'd love to, obviously I've noticed that we all come from quite diverse ethnic backgrounds and this whole narrative of you've got good grades to go into medicine. Is that like more of a push when it comes to coming from an ethnic minority background compared to you know the usual western like what well, I mean what are your thoughts on that Loretta so it's did that really, have a, yeah did that have any uh kind of contribution towards uh your moves yeah so I mean I'm Nigerian and everyone's heard the cliche that when you're from Nigerian family there are kind of three professions you can be a lawyer a doctor an accountant maybe yeah. you can be an engineer <laughs> everything else you're a failure that's it you're literally those three things are a failure pick one <laughs> Um, so mm. and my sister, my sister went into law, my older brother went into accounting. So I was literally like, oh, my options are gone. Like <laughs> I had to do the medical one. So that did play a role. But what I do remember is when I was at school, I did work experience in journalism. And I remember saying to my teachers, I wanted to go into journalism and they and I went to school in the north of the UK. Everyone was English and white. They said to me, you're too smart for that. You should go to medicine. So that kind of goes past the cultural thing because I was in a very English setting and even they were like, don't be a journalist, use your grades and go do medicine instead. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's interesting. And I, interesting in the sense that obviously that was where one of the first places you went after you left medicine. But tell me more about your experiences working as a doctor and at what point you thought, actually, I, I just don't want to continue with this at all. <laughs> so I first year of med school, I didn't want to be there anymore. And then I had to white knuckle it because I did a six year because I intercalated. So that was fun. Um, Yeah. And then I remember last year, you know, you they give all the positions and then they get your grades and they rank you and you get your thing. So I got like the top position. So that was like more stress because I was like, everyone wants this job and I'm taking it. And that was one of the things when I quit that was thrown back at me was that you denied the people who really wanted this, the opportunity. But yeah. So I can't remember where I'm, where I'm going with this. I white knuckled through the six years, got to the end. I remember when we had to do our GMC registrations when you just, when you've done your final exams, I didn't go. GMC came. I was like, I'm not practicing. I'm not going. Me and another friend were just like, we're not. We refuse. And then something no, happened. Rebellion. But over the summer, something happened. I had a panic. And I think my parents kept saying, just go, like, just go, just do your F1, just get it under your belt. And I remember sneaking off to the GMC office and used it. <laughs> 
like a month before um, your F1 rotation started and be like, I've changed my mind. I am going to do this. And they were like, for God's sake, what, what is wrong with you? Because everything had to be done really last minute because I was just mucking about and saying I didn't want to do stuff. But anyway, so I took on the placement and went into it and it was what it was. But I hated it. I hated it. I don't know how, frankly, I can speak about the hospital I worked at. There were kind of like racial issues at play that just made it worse. I had people always asking me if I was the cleaner, um, stupid stuff like that. I had people shouting racial abuse at me and I was like... Wait, this is in London? Where was this? This is at Chelsea in Westminster. So, you know, this was 12 years ago, but it was very snobby and the the clientele that came in forgot that they were sick and they didn't really have a choice and they should, yeah, they should suck it up and would say, you know... I remember one guy calling me a gollywog and telling me to take take my hands off him. I want to see another doctor. I had all sorts. I had all sorts going on. Um, I remember I had one of the consultants who was in charge of my team ask me what it was like to basically be there on like a scholarship as an ethnic minority. And I was like, I'm not on a scholarship. What are you talking about? Like, I earned this fair and square. Like, don't look at my skin and assume. So there was just so many shenanigans, as a polite way I put it, that went on. And I was like, guys, this is not it. And I just felt like that was actually signs from whatever you want to say god the universe whatever just telling me to like this is not your place so all of that with me also hating it I actually enjoyed my team I actually enjoyed working with my team I had a really good time with the other junior doctors I actually liked helping some of the patients the ones that behaved and were grateful and just you know didn't tell you to get your hands off them when you were just like percussing their chest because you were checking if they were okay I actually enjoyed that but the rest of it and then a big thing I always do is, it's because I will get onto our change careers a lot. I look at the person I'm striving to be like. So my brain was saying, you tolerate this for 10 years. The idea is you're going to become a consultant. Look at your consultants. How do you feel? And they just look like a wreck. They were like angry, bitter. Everyone looked like they were 60 and they were all in their 40s. And I was like, everyone looks like they've aged a lot. Like, this is not where I want to be. This is my future. How do you feel about it? And so at that point, I went, forget it. And I was done. So yeah. <laughs> For those of you not watching, I'm just shaking my head. Yeah, it was, I mean, I I hope it's better. I feel like it must be better, like culturally acceptance, racism, all of that stuff must be better now because I said I'm talking, this was 2009. I'm telling everyone my age now. <laughs> so, so can yeah. I ask, I mean, I, I think, wow, what you experienced, awful. And also the fact that you went into medicine, you went into F1, hating it before you even started mm. and had to go through that amount of abuse how how did you I mean obviously there were there were the good things and there were bad things what kept you going day to day for as long as you did as I said I enjoyed my tea like I had a really I just remember like a really solid group like that F1s that I was working with, F2s and my, I think it was the ST1, they, I just really got on with them. Like we had a lot, things happen, we'd be like, for God's sake, but we'd be able to like go to each other. Have you seen this? And we could just, they were a really nice bunch of people to work with. So I did really enjoy that. Secondly, I didn't know what I wanted to do, which has remained a theme in my life. And you can leave if you know what you want to do. But if you don't, it's like, I'm getting paid. At that point, the salary sounded good to me. Now I look back at it, I'm like, that salary was not good. But at that point, from zero to, I think I was on like 25K and I was like, I'm rich, I'm rich. (laughs) So you had a steady income. And you've also got the, um, it's the prestige. You tell people what you do and they, and I've always, I've gotten that a lot. I don't know if I'm projecting or not, but sometimes people see me and treat me like I'm an airhead. And then when I say I'm a doctor, they switch. So I liked having that 
respect that you could get people to fall in line by saying, I'm a doctor, pack it out. And they would. So <laughs> it's bad to say it, but it's true. And even after I left medicine, I carried it on for a while because when people started treating me like I was an idiot, I'd be like, excuse me, I am a doctor, by the way. And then they'd suddenly go, oh, come on in, mom. So <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, I, I totally identify with that. I mean, I think I went, I, I went into medicine deliberately trying to fool everyone anyway, because I knew that I didn't fit into any particular box. And I used to have red hair when I did my F1. I literally had red hair and sometimes I didn't even, I was, it was just all over the place. I just, I don't know. I was just, I had a tongue piercing. <laughs> like I, I was just, I do not care basically. Um, and defying people's expectations every day. I think that was like a mission that I'd, I'd secretly given myself and achieved. Wow. Uh, so, <clears throat> so yeah. So I'd, I'd love to hear a bit more about, you know, obviously you went through your your own journey to the point where you're like, okay, I, I need to just not do this anymore. So how did you how did you actually go about navigating that leaving process? Yeah. So that was tough. So the first thing I learned was when I said, right, I'm done. I think I said I was done about three times. My parents and people just go be like, no. So when I was done, I told no one. I was like, I'm done, not telling anyone. Got my contract out. I remember reading through it. And it told you everything, like what to do if, I don't know, like a bomb went off or if, you know, you were stranded in a different, different country. But it didn't tell you what to do if you didn't want to do your job anymore. Literally, there was no paragraph about how to quit. So I was like, how the hell do I quit this job? So I wrote a resignation letter to HR because I was like, oh, that's what you do when you don't want to do a job anymore. Sent it to HR and thought I was done. Next thing you know, I was summoned to the dean's office. She was fuming. How dare I leave? No one's ever done this before. How dare I just give in this? Like, she just went mad at me. So she was, um, she was telling you off of wanting to leave your job. And because I guess because I gave a letter to HR instead of finding her and like bowing and scraping to her. I was like, I don't, this is my first job. I don't know how to do these things. I, you didn't tell me how to do it in the contract. You told me literally everything but how to quit this job because I guess you assumed no one would want to. So I think I Googled how to quit and people like write a resignation letter and send it to HR. So I did it. She was furious about the whole thing. I thought, I think she was embarrassed. I don't know what it was. She was furious with me. It was mad. I think I started crying. (laughs) Oh no. A very emotional time for both of you. It sounds like. Yeah. And she told me there must be something wrong with me (laughs) Um, and sent me to the psychiatrist because she said, you, I don't want you to make this decision if you're not in your right mind. Something like a paraphrase. So So she sent you to a psychiatrist, not that she needed some kind of emotional uh, counsellor for this process herself. No, then I had to go see one of our psychiatrists at the hospital. Really weird. And he was like, why are you here? And I was like, I don't know. Yeah, it was the weirdest thing. So he said, okay, ask me all the questions you do to make sure I'm complimentous. And in the end said, I don't see what the problem is. I was like, I don't either. Please decide that I am of sound mind so I can go. So once I had that weird signature, it's mad because now I'm a grown up. I look back and I was like, everything about that resignation process was illegal, like just inappropriate. Yeah, I mean, it's so insulting, isn't it? Saying, well, there's something wrong with you if you want to leave this highly coveted yeah. job where people fell racist abuse at you every day. So we're going to send you to, I mean, I, I think that's awful. Yeah, that's awful. But as you're like, when you're young, when you're a young doctor, and especially, you know, I say back in the day, but you only know what you know, right? And like, you know, I, I think I've, I'm just trying to remember a time where I quit a job 
and there's like one like one time I quit a training program formally and yeah it is a bit of an odd experience because it's not something that you've done before no one advises you on how to do it but it is like hi I'm leaving and yeah. you're not sure how much to write or how little to write exactly. like what counts what doesn't count who do you send it to so so yeah, yeah. and don't forget I didn't tell my family so I couldn't even be like mom what do oh. I do I had to just I was like sneakily googling how do you quit <laughs> oh. yeah, Ola, have you good. ever quit anything job boys no declined offers but not could no not 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 oh actually yes i did i did i did remember i resigned my acute medicine role um just remembered that so when i accredited um in both intensive care and acute medicine took up a dual um job um in both of them but then after probably about a year or so of practicing acute medicine in the environment that i was practicing i decided no you know like I do not want to have a stroke. So um, I (laughs) decided to actually resign. And um, I did have um, a similar, not angry at me, but more of an an intervention um, of like, why are you doing this? And all of that. And the meeting was quite kind of like, you know, it made me feel that I am in the wrong, although I'm an adult that can make decisions about their life very well and has made done so for, for a long time. Um, but then I was left um, in a position of like, right, OK, I don't know what to do now because my contract says I'm contracted to both roles that are in the same hospital. So, right, if I what do I do? Do I resign? Do I send a letter of resignation? Like this thing wasn't on Google, like I looked it up. Um, and then I was trying to speak to HR and they didn't really have an idea of what was going on. I tried to speak to like some other people and they were like, oh, well, you know, I kept on going in circles. Um, and then at the end of it, it didn't last long, to be honest, it was about four or five days. At the end of it, I just decided, you know what, I'm going to write a letter of resignation. And if they count it as a resignation for both, then you know, I'll figure it out at that point. But I wrote a letter, I didn't know who to send it to. So I sent it to like a number of people. And that was it. I put my laptop down. And then that was Friday um, afternoon. And then Monday, I kind of like logged in. And I had an acknowledgement of that resignation of that role. um, And I just basically negotiated the the, the notice period. Yeah, I mean, I... (sighs) It's interesting because obviously you both quit different parts of your career. And I guess the question is like, what would you advise doctors now who are like, I want to quit my job? How, what's the best way of going about that? And the general advice I would give to most doctors is send that letter of resignation to your supervisor, whoever that is. Um, So it could be your supervisor, your clinical lead. Um, and, And you can also send it to HR I mean, it still counts. It still 100% counts. Um, and yeah, it's totally not a personal thing. Um, so yeah, don't worry about too much about who to send it to. At least so- someone who is in a position of um, a managerial, at least a managerial position or and or HR. I think that's the best next move. So um, go- going back to Loretta, I remember you mentioned that you weren't really sure what you were going to do next. Um, so... So that obviously that that is one of the the biggest challenges for people or doctors who decide I'm going to leave. But it's like, well, I don't actually know what I'm going to do. I don't know what else I'm going to do and how I'm going to go about doing it. So I'd really love to hear a little bit more about your decision making process in that and actually acquiring a job which was completely outside of healthcare. 
Yeah. So again, to be honest, the decision was made for me as part of the leaving process. Because even after I'd been to the psychiatrist, the dean then said, you can't quit with no plan. I want to see your plan. I was really, I know, it's like, oh my God, leave me alone. Like personal development plans. I just don't want any, that's what I'm quitting. That's what I'm quitting. This is none of your business. That's awful. (laughs) At that time, I was really into fashion. So, and I think because I'd been in such an academic environment, my brain was like, yeah, fashion will be fun. (laughs) So I went and signed up for a fashion marketing degree at the London College of Fashion. And because it was a degree, I was like, the dean will take me seriously. I mean, now I'm like, you spend all that money to make some woman you don't know to it. Ridiculous. Anyway, so that's what I did. So then I went back to him and was like, look, I'm signed up to a course. I'm going into fashion. Leave me alone. And so she left me alone. A few parting shots, obviously, because she wasn't going to take it lying down. But I then ended up doing a fashion degree, <laughs> um, which was a tangent. So that was fun. And then the <laughs> degree led to work experience internships somehow I fell into kind of fashion marketing and styling and that took me to Net-a-Porter actually um, back in the day before Net-a-Porter I think they were like mid-size at that point Um, so I started doing like visual merchandising and styling on their dummies when they were taking the pictures for the website and so that was really how I got into it and then from there I I just want you to ask how how did they treat you when they found out that you used to be a doctor and you quit to do this job um, what kind of responses did you get? Yeah, it was mixed. Because even I say, I've said that to thing, I've got to mention, I worked for someone at a fashion PR company and the woman I remember made like little digs, like, oh, you wouldn't do this if you were in the hospital, would you? Like, I think she thought I was on Mike and my jollies or something. Like I was just mucking about and having fun. So there was that obstacle to always overcome that. I know I'm trying to do something serious now. Leave me alone. <laughs> but you always had people, you know, trying to say, we're trying to do serious work here. You're not taking this seriously. So that was, yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> Sounds like a, a kind of fairly snobby work yeah. environment as well. Yeah, I left that pretty quickly. I think mm. I managed a year there now. Again, and it wasn't even just a snobbiness. There was also the leap. Like you have to remember, or well, you know this, when you're in the medical phase, like you're so, your brain just works differently. You're on facts and figures and you're, do you know what I mean? You're just working. It's very kind of right brain. You're like, do, 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 do. You go to fashion and it's all, I always tell people about the Devil Wears Prada when there's a scene where um, they're holding, they have two belts and they look exactly the same. That was what my life was like. And I would be like, it's just the best. Like, who cared? Like, it was just that thing that my brain was like, this is too frivolous. Like, I've gone so far in the other direction. I can't even take this seriously to the extent you're taking it seriously. And then obviously you're mad at me because I'm not being like, oh my God, did you see that? So I had to just like... <laughs> Exit. <laughs> that's one thing I learned that was you your could... other resignation lesson maybe yeah exactly um, <laughs> okay, and it was a good life lesson yeah, yeah, well, yeah you can yeah. enjoy at something. least you tried it hey at least you went for it and you gave it a go yeah yeah exactly so that was that was an experience and then next but journalism then that... broadcasting yeah so then I ended up well how did I even do that I started doing oh yeah medical writing because that's what you do when you google oh, I have a medical degree and I have nothing to do. What do I do? And everyone's like, become a medical writer. People who don't actually know what they're talking about are always the ones telling you to do that as well. So I went, yeah, okay, let's try that. So I started working for a medical news via Springer, <laughs> Springer Health. Oh, How yes. did you actually get into that though? I just emailed and said, and they said, come and do a test. And I kind of wrote anyway. So I did a test. They're like, this is good. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to have a job. And they said, yeah. And that was, oh, that great. was that. So you just approached and a job was made. Yeah. Um, 
and also because I had no experience, but it was a medical newswire. I had no writing experience, but I was able to really push the, but I know all this stuff like the back of my hand. I'm going to be really safe doing it, which is why they said, well, come and write. Let's see what you can do. And I think that's the thing. If you can actually put your money where your mouth is, then they're like, well, get on with it. So I got on with it. So I did that awesome. for a year and then had imposter syndrome because I was making stuff up. So then I went to you. What do you mean you're making stuff up? Because I was like, I'm not trained at doing this. You know, you're just making stuff up. Na, na, na. I'm just typing my little stories. Na, na, na. And at some point I was like, someone needs to teach you how to do this. And it, What is it like teach you how to, to become a medical writer? What do you mean? Because obviously you've no, got the background so, knowledge in the healthcare and medicine. So, so what do you... It was a newswire, so it was more journalism than medical writing. So it was a journalism aspect. It's yeah. the approach, it's the style, it's the... Yeah, because you were doing news stories. I was going to events and, like, covering stuff. And, like, if research came out and it was meant to change how we treated people with breast cancer, for example, you had to, like, break a news story. And I always felt like I was... But then did anyone complain out. No, it about was me. your work? So it was all interesting. Me. Okay, so this is the imposter bit. Okay, right. Yeah, exactly. So, so I it, it like you go in with a, with a kind of, like, well, I have to train for a billion years to be, to call myself something, like, exactly. in medicine. And then this is quite similar exactly is that what you're saying yeah, yeah like, okay. i can't just say and like, exactly like you train like... for fashion for example and then it's like oh you haven't trained for journalism yeah. and so yeah okay no, for I get me that. that i was always like go and get another oh. degree go and, get, and i don't now i've gotten better but when i was younger i just had this thing that and it's also like an african parent thing where they're like if you get your piece of paper no one can take it from you so i always had that thing that i need to be validated by paper so I trotted off, got my master's in journalism, which was expensive, but fine. <laughs> Did that. But what, how that was helping, I will say this to someone, if you are going into a completely unrelated field, you have no contacts. Study does help because it opened me up for internships that you were only eligible for if you were a student. So that's actually how I got into CNN. I randomly applied for an internship and got it. And then the internship turned into a job because I just harassed everyone and also I was older than everyone and I remember my manager saying I just seem to have more common sense it sounds really mean but they had like 18 20 year old interns that were kind of like la 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 and whereas I was just older I think I was probably 27 28 by then and just it was just logic if something got cancelled I was like let's just do that oh let me just phone someone and ask and other people didn't do it so I stood out a lot and so at the end I remember finishing the internship and saying what do I need to do to stay and one of the people that I kind of got in with, one of the managers said, come with me and took me to another department and said, Loretta would like a job. What can she do? And so that's how that's how I got a job there. And then wangled my way to the news desk just by being a pest. <laughs> being a pest will get you far. Um, so, yeah, so that turned into a job producing, um, which was pretty like for me, I was like, this is pretty good because in your I just, late 20s producing for CNN. My yeah. gosh. No, I know it was good. It was. <laughs> It, yeah, it was good, but I wasn't happy. Surprise, surprise. Oh gosh, the search, the search. <laughs> so then, and then I, for some reason, I decided I'd be happy if I was in front of the camera. <laughs> so <laughs> there's no logic because producing you're behind the camera and you're like, everyone's doing the stuff. So everyone was yeah. like, go but do, you think, do you think you had like a, a grass is always greener? Yes. Yeah. Where Definitely. do you think that came from? Don't know. I would, I say don't know. I do think not to be like sob sob woe is me my family are immigrants I was born in Nigeria moved over here and when you do have that 
this is the land of opportunity. Everything is great. And you are the have nots and this is the haves. And so when I moved over, there's always that thing about proving myself and trying to get to the top and get all this other stuff that other people have. And it's just, do you know what what I mean? I was always like, there's more, there's more, there's more because I've come from a disadvantaged place. So I think that played a massive role in it. Yeah. And also just being externally validated. Because if you see what I was doing, it was about visibility. Like people have to see me doing well for me to be doing well. I can't be quietly doing well. Because that doesn't count. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've got a a small amount of time left considering I can see where the amount of other things that you've done moving forward. But what I'd love to ask you a bit more about is like how has medicine featured in your career choices moving forward because it, it sounds like it's been quite diverse and obviously you ended up with uh, some health tech companies so yeah. and you've been back and forth quite a bit so yeah I'd love to hear a little bit more about that yeah I would say health and communications because I say writing but health and communicational content has always been whatever I've done that's always been the undertone even when I've like gone and started businesses I've kept one foot in it like I may be doing freelance work but I've always kept one foot in it and even now that I'm moving more in back into doing my own thing it's still in the health space although it's more natural health but because as much as I say I didn't choose to go into medicine I've always been really interested in kind of optimizing your health and preventing I'm like you get one body that you can mess it up or look after it. Those are your options. And I know how you can thrive if you look after it at the start, not when you're far gone and it's all over, but at the start. So I'm very, I've always been very passionate about that in my personal life as well, actually, in terms of, you know, I've been di- like digressing again, but I've been diagnosed with like quite a serious illness and I went kind of the natural route to fix it and it worked. And I was like, okay, like if you get something really early on, not saying this for everyone, I'm not saying everyone stop your meds, please don't. Um, but I just mean that again proved to me that if you catch something really early on and you're careful about what you put in your body and how you treat your body, it can make a massive difference in terms of how you move forward. So that's, yeah, so that's a real like legitimate interest for me and always will be. And I, and I think that that segues on to the final bit because you've, I know you've been doing a lot of traveling recently and you're now becoming well you have been before but you're really owning this personal branding of health and wellness uh, in addition to all of the other stuff that you're doing like, where do you where do you see yourself going <laughs> if that's a question that yeah. you even know the answer to exactly. and you know it doesn't matter what you say I'm just really curious because I think a lot of doctors when like, you know, when you when the dean asks you, do you have a plan? I want to see your plan. Like, as we know, like most first plans, like don't really touch base in any significant way. And no one really could have predicted where you are now. And it sounds like you were still on that journey. Like I know a lot of people are. But can you do, do you see yourself kind of settling into something when it comes to the themes? I mean, you've talked about, you know, the wellness important that is. But yeah. I'd love to hear a little bit more on, on that, your thoughts yeah. on that. So for me, I think holistic health is like an area for me and it always will be. So I do want to do something in that field. What I'm really enjoying is the space we're in now versus the space we were in, you know, when I first left medicine, which is there's so much opportunity. People keep telling me jobs. I'm like, is this a job? Like what? Like they're just, everything is a job. I, there's some people who it seems their job is just like eating. And I'm not even joking. That is the job. I could, I'm like, this is a job. So I feel like I can actually create something that is unique Um, I think people are crying out for holistic health, you know, especially people who have 
no offense, kind of been let down by conventional medicine. You know, they're not getting better by it. They haven't gotten the right treatment. They've been fobbed off all of that stuff. It's just kind of right for the picking. And it's not just about kind of the food you eat. It's also, you know, mindfulness is huge at the moment. It's your yoga, it's your meditation, it's your being more present and all of that stuff. So I am really looking at kind of holistic health and just looking after, I say, body, mind, spirit. But it's that kind of thing I'm uh, moving towards. So watch this space watch this space Loretta and let's end on what advice would you give to doctors who are in a who were in a similar position to you going back a while ago and they're thinking this definitely isn't for me what advice would you give them on how best to move forward with those feelings I would say don't do a me actually when I look back I'm glad I left and blah 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 and I left in a very destructive way to make sure I couldn't go back and it works but I don't think you have to be so dramatic (laughs) there's nothing wrong with easing your way out of something while you put a plan into place Um, and I think also maybe sitting down and understanding your motivations before you move otherwise you know I spent 10 years messing around because I was doing the external validation thing it wasn't for me it was for other people so sit down get clear on what you want to do if you know you want to leave because of you um make sure you've got some money saved up give yourself the space to have a plan if your immediate job is like stressing you out change to another job like you don't have to leave medicine into tele- especially now there's so much telemedicine do you know what I mean go and work for like <laughs> a remote doctor on call thing and just get you will be paid very well I will say that's another thing I've learned as a doctor you'll get one of the best pays compared to other you know um areas so hold on to that for as long as you can and then cross over when you're ready you've got your ducks in a row yeah I would say there's definitely more obvious options for doctors especially working remotely working from home across the world do you know what I mean so like (laughs) I I shouldn't really say this but this is this is what I'll say now is a good time to quit (laughs) (laughs) even with the recession coming it's a good time to quit But, but but still like you know or like now if you're thinking I need to leave yes now is a good time for you to quit if that's what you at least yeah. want to explore so I always say you know there is a door you choose whether to open or close that door and even when you look behind that door is still there you can always go back um so thank you so much for your time Loretta we really really appreciate your insights you start sharing your story and if anyone wants to get hold of you what is the best way of doing that what is the best way of doing that uh, I guess you can find me on LinkedIn um or on the beach in Bali or yeah send a carrier pigeon actually <laughs> um yeah I'd probably say for this kind of stuff LinkedIn would be the best way forward for now and I will awesome. update that yeah Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you, Ola, for joining the conversation. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So my fellow listeners and doctors, now you know how to quit and how not to quit, so to speak. Um, But just be aware that that door, as I mentioned in the interview, that door is open and as closed as you want it to be especially if you're moving on from medicine and moving into something else completely different. Remember, the world is your oyster. It's yours. It's nobody else's. So don't feel any shame or remorse for any choices you make. The fact that you made that choice and made that decision, no one can take that away from you. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have any kind of thing to add to 
this journey, please feel free to email our team at team at medicfitments.org. Don't forget to connect with me on LinkedIn. There is only one Abena, A-B-E-Y-N-A. And remember, our mission is to connect one million doctors with the best in diverse career opportunities. Can you help us achieve our mission by 2030? So you can do that simply by subscribing, leaving a review, or you can also connect us with a company that you work with that you highly, highly recommend and are looking for the talents of doctors. Anyway, wishing you the best and we'll catch up with you soon.